The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, September 12th, 2023, and it is indeed a heck of a morning. We are live on the MMA Fighting Twitter space. You can hear the show in its entirety shortly thereafter on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network. Hello there, everybody. I am Mike Heck, and MMA is not real. It's just not real. I had to actually make sure three days later I wasn't dreaming, and in fact, I'm not dreaming. It is real. Sean Strickland is the UFC middleweight champion of the world. I'll say it again. Sean Strickland is the UFC middleweight champion of the world. And I have to say, you can say what you want about some of the things he says, how he acts, whatever. But I enjoy the chaos that this sport can bring. And to me, there is nothing more stunning, nothing more chaotic than what we saw on Saturday night. Because Sean Strickland did not flash knockout Israel Adesanya. There was no banana peel. There was no fluke, no accident, no nothing. Sean Strickland went to Sydney as a fan-freaking favorite, dropped Izzy in the first round, and then beat that man's ass for the rest of the fight. He may have lost round two. He lost round two on all three of the judges' scorecards. There was one round that was kind of close, but I went back and rewatched it. Strickland, the judges all got it right. Sean Strickland won four of those rounds. This, to me, is one of the most impressive performances from a challenger that I have ever seen. This is just stunning, 
And the fact that this happened three days before the UFC and WWE merged together as one public company is the best. This is just the best. Because it's just amazing how in this sport plans come to be. And then after 29, 30 minutes of action, including the one-minute rest in between rounds, all the plans crumble because Sean Strickland, the man who was just brought in to help showcase Israel Adesanya in Sydney, they built this card around Israel Adesanya. He's just going to go in there and he's going to cruise. He's going to walk through Sean Strickland and then he's going to go fight DDP or he's going to go fight Hamza Chamaya for they have all these plans laid out for the next 12 months. And then Sean Strickland said, I don't give a shit about your plans. I'm going to beat that man's ass. And that knockdown in the first round changed everything. It was a snowball. Sean Strickland took round two off, in my opinion, after going back and rewatching it, just to kind of refill everything. And then he just beat that ass. He just beat Israel Adesanya's ass. It's insane. The whole thing is insane. And I love it so much. I love this chaos so much. And there are people out there going through like some of the comments and stuff. They're like, oh, Mike's so mad that Israel Adesanya lost. Listen, I was very confident, like 98% of the world, that Israel Adesanya would win this fight. I was exposed on Israel Adesanya quite a bit from a betting perspective because I like to place bets when we do the watch parties. But tell me one moment throughout the build to this fight where I said, I hope Israel Adesanya wins this fight. Tell me one time where I didn't say it would be the most chaotic and almost funniest thing that ever happened in the UFC if Sean Strickland wins the middleweight title. Tell me one time where I didn't say that I, wanna, that I don't want to live in this world where Sean Strickland is the middleweight champion. Because you know what? You're never going to find it. You're never going to find it. And to me, as someone who loves chaos in this sport, I got exactly what I had hoped for. Everything's a scramble fest right now. Sean Strickland is the champion. Already broke the fucking belt and had to duct tape pieces of it back together. Like, all of this is incredible. It is absolutely incredible. And now there's a lot of talk about whether or not this is the biggest upset of all time, the most stunning result of all time. To me, it's number two. And I've been saying it the whole time. Sean Strickland goes out and beats Israel Adesanya. It's number two. I understand Ariel's point as he talked about on the MAR yesterday that, you know, Matt Sarah lands the flash knockout, GSP couldn't recover, and it, it was like kind of a flashy thing. While Sean Strickland, this wasn't a flash knockout. This is just one-sided dominance, and it made it so stunning. It's Nothing's going to beat Matt Sarah beating GSP. That was just – that was friggin' wild. And just the way that all came to be, Matt Sarah earns a title shot going through the ultimate fighter – to me, he lost the final fight to get to that title fight, but he got a like a wonky decision and then won the title. Like that to me is going to be number one forever. But this is the clear number two. This is the clear number two for me, and I love it. I love it so much. It's so incredible. We had a great time on the post fight show, just reacting to it all. Maybe the my favorite post fight show ever. We were laughing about it, and it's not like we weren't laughing because, like, in a disrespectful way, we were laughing because 
it's just always fun when the UFC has plans and then a fighter just comes in and says, F your damn plans. I'm going to ruin everything. And it's incredible. Golly, is it incredible. I can't believe we are here on this Tuesday morning and Sean Strickland is the middleweight champion of the world. This sport rules. It's the friggin' best. And you don't get this anywhere else. I love it so much. Congratulations to Sean Strickland, to Eric Nixick. Eric Nixick is the best coach in the world right now. He's one of the top three to four coaches in the history of the sport right now. And if Francis Ngannou somehow beats Tyson Fury, he's the greatest coach of all time, and it's not even a debate. And you can make that argument right now that Eric Nixick is the greatest coach in the history of the sport. There, there is only a, like maybe three people in the world who could turn Sean Strickland into a UFC champion, and Eric Nixick, damn it, he did it. So happy for them. I messaged Eric right after the fight. He got back to me. And I just texted him. I said, congrats, man. The game has completely changed now, hasn't it? And he goes, yep, it sure has. And I love it. So congratulations to the team. Israel Adesanya, it's going to be real interesting to see where he goes. My whole thing with Izzy is just take a break, man. Take a break. People feel a certain way about Israel Adesanya. I feel like some of that flavor has kind of lessened. I think people are just, I'm not going to say they're sick of him, but he's just, he hasn't taken a break. He's just been there and one of the most active guys in title fights all the time. Like you can't, just like in pro wrestling, we can't miss you if you don't leave. And I think Israel Anasadi needs a refresh in a big way. Just take some time. And I know this, I know he wants to get out there and he wants to stay active and he wants to get in there and fight. And I totally get it. But it, there comes a time in your career, especially with Izzy, who's 34, it's time to take a step back, take a break, let things play out. And when Izzy's ready to come back, if he wants to, they want to throw him into a title fight, fine. I know Dana White said after the event, he wants to see the rematch because he felt like Israel didn't look like himself. And to me, I think it took away from Sean's performance. You can't say that. This isn't about Israel looking bad. This is about Sean fighting, as I said on the previous show, an imperfectly perfect fight. Like the way you beat Israel Asanya, no one saw it this way. Sean's defense was incredible. He stayed focused. He was patient. Izzy couldn't touch him. He couldn't touch him. Sean countered the counters, slowed things down. And I think Izzy expected him to be a lot more aggressive. Yes, he was in his face the whole time, but he was just waiting on Izzy. He was waiting on Izzy. He would throw, when he was ready to go, he'd throw a jab. And when Izzy was ready to counter, he punched him in the face with a big right hand over and over again. The teep kicks were great. Everything about this performance was spectacular. And to me, I have no interest in the immediate rematch. Zero. Zero interest. Zero interest. Give DDP the title shot. Give the Hamza Shemaya Paul Costa winner the title shot. I don't care. It, don't, it can't be Izzy. It can't be Izzy. This was a performance that does not merit an immediate rematch. And this division is completely different now. We have so many guys in play. Robert Whitaker is suddenly back in the title picture. He's a win away from probably getting into that conversation. DDP has earned it. I don't think, I think he lost on this a little bit. I don't think he's going to get it. I do think the Shemayev Costa winner is probably going to get the title shot. 
but DDP's right there. And if they just want to give it to him, I'm cool with that too. But like, it can't be Izzy. Izzy got knocked up by Pereira. He got an immediate rematch, won the belt back, and then just got, he got got. He got beat up for 25 minutes by Sean Strickland. Take a break. Just kind of hide away. Relax with your family. And then in the summer of 2024, come back and fight again. Even longer. If you want to wait till like the fall of 2024, cool. Because there's a lot of big fights you could do at 185. Right now with Sean Strickland as a champion. It opens things up in a way we haven't seen in such a long time. And the UFC should embrace this. And Izzy should embrace it. For, for, like heading into the fight, like what else is there for Izzy to do 185? Now take a break. Take a break. Come back. The division is going to look completely different. Things are going to be much more interesting. So, man, this is incredible. This is just the best. Nice win for Alexander Volkov. The Ezekiel choke against Tai Tuivasa. Medel Kopp and Felipe Dos Santos had a great fight. Kopp wins unanimous decision. Then he said some things he probably shouldn't have said, but he apologized, so I'm over it. Justin Taffa knocks out Austin Lane in under 90 seconds. Tyson Pedro knocks out the Pleasure Man in just over two minutes. Good win from Carlos Ulberg. Shout out to the referee tandem of Herb Dean and Mark Goddard for getting that right because Daun Jung tapped. They went to the replay, and Carl Solberg gets a submission win. How about that? Chepe Mariscal, Jack Jenkins, fun fight. Chepe turned the, turned the tide a little bit and then kind of threw Jack Jenkins on his arm. Nasty injury. Chepe Mariscal now 2-0 inside the octagon. Jamie Malarkey maybe got a little bit of a gift against John McDessie, but that was a fun fight. Malarkey wins a unanimous decision. Nazareth Hackprash, unanimous decision. Charles Ratke, unanimous decision win. Gabriel Miranda and Kevin Josette kick things off with consecutive first-round rear naked choke submissions. So, look, this is a one-fight card, all in all. Maybe two if you want to count the co-main event. I mean, Cop did a great job calling attention to the card, but this is the Sean Strickland power hour. Sean Strickland is the man. He's the champion of the world, and I'm so happy we are living in this place right now because chaos is the best. It is the absolute best. So let's go to you guys. I'm so excited to talk about all this stuff and get your thoughts on everything. So Toke, kick us off, my man. Glendera, my God, that was that was <laughs> crazy. Um, so a- again, I've used this analogy before, but I'm going to use it again. This is from everything, everywhere, all at once. This is the world where they have sausages for hands. Like this is this is nuts. Um, so yeah, I'm going to say this and I'm going to disagree with you with what the next matchup is for Sean Strickland. I think the next matchup is whoever is ready in December. Um, so I don't think it's going to be cost, uh, Chimaev winner. I don't think any of those are coming back in December. I think, I think Sean Strickland is going to be co-main under, under the Sean O'Malley, uh, Chido Vera fight. Um, and whoever is ready there. So I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be TDP, but whoever of that group that you mentioned before is ready, I think that's the fight. And uh, then I want to I want to end on a somber note, uh, just because I'm not going to be in this uh, space for a long time. So uh, I, a lot today, I have other things to do. So I'm just going to say, Blood Diamond, go get some experience, some other place. I'm sorry, uh, you made some improvements. They tried to give you kind of a bottom of the roster guy. 
and you still couldn't pull it off. I'm sorry, Blood Diamond, you're probably not long for the UFC world. And Radke, um, watch your mouth next time. But anyways, that's it for me. Thank you. Yeah. Um, sure ESPN isn't thrilled with uh, Mr. Radke, but hey, got the job done. That fight ended up being more fun than I thought it was going to be. I thought Racky was just going to run him over, and he kind of did, but um, there you go. Yeah, December's interesting. I I mean, Sean would definitely do it. I mean, Sean would fight in Abu Dhabi if they asked him to, because that's just the kind of guy he is. There's just so many fights that need to be made right now, though. We're still waiting on Leon Colby. Still waiting to figure out where... The O'Malley Cheeto fight's gonna go in December. We don't know what's going on with Connor. We still got Yuri and Alex to get booked. So, I mean, look, you want to do it in December and just build on this momentum and do the Sean and Sean show? Not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. But that December card is just—it's such a mystery right now because we don't know what the hell is gonna happen. But we'll see. We'll see. And we got some time. We got, what, five weeks or so before UFC 294? Which, by the way, I'm pretty happy about that. I've been traveling a lot. We've done a, I feel like I've done a million watch parties in the last four months, which I love doing them, by the way. But even, like, GC and I were in agreement, like, oh, I'm so glad we get, like, a five-week break. Get a little breather to, like, catch up. Stay home for a bit. It's been a busy summer. August was insane, and then we get right back to a watch party, and then this next watch party is going to be like at 3 p.m. Eastern, which I'm so excited about, and then we lead right into 295 and 296. It's just going to be a wild stretch to end the year. So, yeah, but if they want to do the Sean and Shaw show in December, I'm down, with, I'm down and, but we got to see what, what, what's going to happen. If they're going to do December, then it's going to be DDP. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Absolutely. What's up, man? Yeah. So, uh, first of all, I want to have I want to say amazing performance by Sean Strickland. I called it. I did say he can win this fight if he used his fundamental, if he kept his guard, always kept it in a you know very clinch or pressure for position, and he exactly did that. Uh, I'm also very glad he just stuck to his guns. Yes, he did break the game plan. You know, his coaches did want to um, try and take Adesanya to the ground, but I think for the better it worked um, for the most part him staying on the feet because he mentally and physically broke Adesanya down. Now, um, before I get to any questions I just want to uh, ask, I just want to say about a few things to add to the convo. Firstly, Adesanya, he's one of my favorite fighters, amazing champion. I think... Rather than a rematch, he needs to take at least a seven and ten month break. Kind of what Kamaru Usman did this year, uh, last year after he lost to Leon. Recover, heal up, uh, replan and revitalize how you want to move forward your career because he doesn't have much time left. Um, Sean, in the meantime, I could see him fighting DDP, or he will probably fight the winner Hamza versus Costa. If Costa was to win next month, that fight actually makes sense on a interest level because you know Sean has already expressed interest in the past to fight Costa and I think that was around back in March this year if not Hamza's a good fight um, that also propels Hamza into an interesting position to fight for the title if DDP doesn't get the title shot I see the UFC trying to make him and Jared Kennedy fight for number one contenders fight down the line and you know we'll see what happens I mean the middleweight division is very interesting right now it's kind of in the same spot um, I would say the lightweight division was around the time Khabib in like Khabib was just became the title winner in 2018 we know we had Tony Ferguson Connor Dustin Poirier and like just other contenders who were in that mix I see the same thing right now with the middleweight Um, another thing I just want to say is regarding this whole situation with the fight I just love how a lot of doubters really overlook Sean Strickland because going to this fight, we saw how the fans were just really finding any way to diminish his game, dismiss his game, um, his fight IQ. Um, watching his last seven, eight fights, particularly his masterful performance against Imavov, uh, his performance against Abus, even how he performed against... Uh, Cannonier, despite losing, and Jack Hermanson, I think he really has shown, like, from from my point of view, uh, I got to really truly see how good of a fighter this man is. And with his understanding of crisp boxing, very good jiu-jitsu, very good style of defense, he has mastered the art of um, avoid taking serious damage that most fighters um, are not very, uh, seem to be very prone to most of the time. Um, and on that note, I'll leave it at that. I just have two questions to ask. How, uh, based on um, like this situation with the middleweight, 
what would be some of the fights that, uh, if you were the promoter right now, what are some fights that you would like to see and, I guess, construct in terms of moving pieces around the division, um, who who you will want, ideally trying to get the number one contender's spot to fight for the title eventually. And my second question is, uh, how do you, do you see um, Colby versus Leon happening for the November card still? That's all. Have a great day, man. Answer the second question. I have no idea at this point. Um, I know Tim Simpson, the manager of... Leon Edwards told Submission Radio it's going to be November or December, so I do expect that fight to happen this year. Just, what, I don't know when at this point. I do not know when. And then the rest of the middleweights, uh, again, it's kind of hard to say. Without knowing who Sean's going to fight next, it's almost impossible to kind of figure out, but because I do feel, like, I feel like the UFC is just going to do the rematch, and like, I just hate that idea so much. But because if they go the rematch and like everything's off the table, if they do the rematch, Jerkis will fight Cannoneer. And I think the Hamzak Costa winner like just jumps over DDP and that's kind of sucks. But if Izzy is going to take a break and take some time off and they want Sean to turn around quick, it will be DDP. It's just so, it's so hard, man. It's so tough to say. I do feel like the Hamzat Costa winner will get a title shot. I don't know if he'll be the next title shot, but that the winner of that fight's probably not gonna have to fight again. Especially if Hamzat wins. I don't know. It's really tough to say. You could do Whitaker Cannoneer again. That was a pretty fun fight when they fought the first time. But those are the guys right now. It's Strickland, Izzy, DDP, Whitaker, Cannoneer, Costa, and Hamzat. Those are the guys. Those are the guys. What a time. What a freaking time to live in. I love it. Uh, yep. What's up, Foreign Sniper? Hey, heck of a morning. Uh, just real quick, I wanted to get your thoughts on the Dana White post-fight press conference. Him and the reporter went on talking about the main event for about, I think, like five or six minutes. And it seemed like both of them were sort of giving Izzy a bunch of excuses as to why he lost instead of giving uh, Sean Strickland, you know, his credit that he deserves. Because I personally didn't see anything wrong with Izzy. He did not look slow. He just looked like a man that was getting walked down by another, you know, fighter who was willing to throw some punches and, and take over the fight. So I just wanted your quick thoughts on that, Mike. So to be fair, uh, I don't typically watch the Dana post-fight stuff. Like I'll, I'll hear clips or whatever because as the presser's going on, like we're wrapping up the watch party, packing up my shit, walking back to the hotel, and then I have like stuff to do to like kind of cap off the watch party coverage, either you know, putting the audio on the pod network and like finalizing that or you know, we like to put the – I have to go through and put all the timestamps on and that takes forever to find the moments of like when things happen and like big reactions happened uh, and putting those out and then putting those on the pod and adding the ads to it. So like by the time I finished that, it's like Sean Strickland was like up there talking. So I missed pretty much all of it, but I kind of got the gist of it. I didn't hear the back and forth, but I obviously I'm aware of what Dana said. Izzy looks slow, all that stuff. He didn't look like himself. And, 
yeah, he he didn't look like himself. But the reason for that is because Sean deaded him in the first, almost deaded him in the first round. Sean landed the big right hand. Izzy was out to lunch when he landed that right hand. And then Sean just hit him with like a million left hands over and over again. And to Izzy's credit, he was able to survive and put the thumb up. Mark Goddard was the ref, and I thought he was going to step in there and stop it. And he was also the he, he was the ref for the uh, Pereira fight as well. So he gave Izzy a chance, which you, you got to give him some credit for, because Izzy didn't have some great things to say about him after the first Pereira fight. And then Goddard was sort of in a position where things are kind of off with at least how Aljamain Sterling feels. That and, so, and there were a lot of people on this show the Tuesday after Sean O'Malley won the title that felt like the stoppage was a little too quick and Aljo deserved more time to recover. So uh, credit to Mark Goddard for letting that go. We're having a whole different conversation on this Tuesday. If that fight is stopped while Izzy is standing and he complains about it, we're talking more about fluky, bad stoppage, as opposed to what actually happened was Sean just beat his ass for 25 minutes. And yeah, Izzy wasn't the same dude, but it's because Sean made him that way. It's not because Izzy just showed up and had a bad night. Izzy was fighting the Izzy fight for four minutes and 30 seconds. And then he got dropped real bad and almost finished. And I don't think Izzy ever recovered from that. And that's all credit to Sean Strickland. That has nothing to do with Izzy being slow or having an off night or whatever. All the credit goes to Sean Strickland. That's it. That's it. Izzy showed up real quick at the presser, said the better man won tonight. And that's what you're supposed to say. But I really hope Izzy just takes a break, man. He needs to he needs to recover. He needs to take a break. Just get away from MA for a little while. Get away from it. Look at Colby. Colby left for a year. Colby left, and it wasn't like he Colby didn't just, like, leave MMA for a year. He, like, left the public eye for a year. After he beat Mazadal and everything happened with that thing in Miami Beach, like, Colby just disappeared, vanished off the face of the earth, and then stepped on a scale, and everyone's like, oh, shit, Colby's back. And, they were, and Colby ended up getting a title shot, and everyone went bananas. There's nothing wrong with vanishing and then coming back. Let us let, let people just be like, oh yeah, it, it's Izzy. He had a great run, second best middleweight of all time. Usually we see him every three months, and now we're waiting nine months to a year to see him again. Like there's there's nothing wrong with that. I think that'll actually help him at this point. CV, go ahead. Hey Mike, heck of a morning. Um, I want to talk about uh, Alex Pereira. Um, just a couple questions. Um, in hindsight, I know he wanted to. Um, moved to light heavyweight after their second MMA fight. But um, in hindsight, do you think they should have just ran the Izzy-Alex trilogy? If, like, you know, it's hard to tell that. I mean, it's hard to, like, um, predict that this would happen, like Izzy losing his title again. But um, do you think they, sh- they should have ran that back when it was hot? And um, I asked this uh, seriously. Um, if Izzy wants to, um, do you think, Alex would help Izzy train for the Strickland rematch if they do run that back. Uh, thanks. No, I don't. I, I, it just isn't, I don't, I don't know. Prayer doesn't seem like that kind of guy that's going to like double dip in these situations. So, um, 
there's this notion that people are talking about that like Alex wouldn't fight Sean again, and I completely disagree with that. I think Alex would absolutely fight Sean Strickland again, even though they've worked together and have built some kind of bond. But like Sean, Sean Strickland's trained in a million places. So, and you think Sean's gonna be like, nah? Alex Pereira helped me get ready for for Izzy, and I trained with him a few times. So I'm not gonna fight him. No, Sean will be like, I'll punch that dude right in the face. You knocked me out the first time. Try to knock me out again. That's how Sean's gonna treat it. But Pereira's already got a title shot. So should and should they've run that one back? I felt they, I felt they should have like at the time, but. Alex went up to 205. He beat Jan Bohovic. He's about to fight for the light heavyweight title. I actually kind of think the story's a little more interesting. And we could still do that fight. And I think that's part of the reason why he moved to 205, because they knew Izzy was going to go up. And if Alex Pereira wins the light heavyweight title, Izzy could just go up to 205 and fight him, because the UFC will make that fight in five seconds, no matter who's the top dude at 205. So, yeah, after 287, I was like, yeah, they should just do one more time because there was nobody there. This is before we got DDP and Whitaker and all these other things. This is before, like, DDP Izzy got really cooking. We didn't know where Hamza was. There was, like, nothing really going on at 185 at the time. So at the, the moment, yes. But then as things played out, this actually worked out better. This worked out better for everybody. Uh, let's go to Cole. Then we'll go to Four Corner Sports. We'll get to everybody. Cole, go ahead. Hi, Mike. I really don't have anything crazy, but I just want your thoughts. Like, what was going through your head when Izzy's just like not really throwing back and just keeps getting backed up by Izzy or by Sean? Like, what 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 were you thinking when Izzy's just kind of being stagnant the whole fight? That's all I got. He wasn't stagnant. I mean, he was, but it's because Sean killed him in the first round. That's why this wasn't like, to me, I'm not looking at this like, well, is he was just, he had a bad night. He didn't show up. He showed up and then Sean punched him in the face really, really, really hard. And then punched him in the face 35 more times. Really, really, really hard. And Izzy just wasn't the same. So yeah, he was stagnant, but he got, he got hit hard and I don't think he ever fully recovered from it. I really don't. I really don't. I'm curious to see, like, what happened there. I don't know if there's, like, some sort of injury. Maybe Strickland, like, broke a bone in his face or something. Like, I don't know. But even still, you can't use that as as an excuse. Sean hurt him real bad in that first round. Sean was putting everything in those punches. If you watch that clip, it's just he's throwing everything he's got. You can hear the grunts. And he was just overwhelming, Izzy, so... But, man, just kind of going back and looking at round five of this fight and then looking at round five of the Kelvin Gasolum fight, it's just two different guys. Like, he was broke. Sean broke him. Like, Sean broke him. And, and Gasolum tried to break Izzy, but all he did was fire up Izzy in that fifth round. You see Izzy saying, like, I'm willing to die in here. Tell himself I'm willing to die in here. The head energy was gone. There was none of that energy on Saturday night because Sean had his number. And I think deep down Izzy knew it. And even Izzy between round four and round five is telling, his, telling Eugene, telling his corners, I can't hit him. 
I can't find my jab. Nothing's working. All credit to Sean Strickland. That first round was wild. Uh, go ahead, Four Corner Sports. Hey, Mike. Um, so I was looking at the fight, and I was comparing these two fights. Both combat sports, but it's obviously two different types of combat. Um, obviously, Strickland versus Adesanya. And I felt like Nixick had Strickland follow this similar game plan that and I was comparing it because I actually saw this fight the other day because I was just like doing like tape study of Floyd Mayweather versus Canelo. Um, because if you actually rewatch that fight, um, Floyd Mayweather Sr. actually tells Floyd Mayweather to pressure and walk forward to uh, Canelo Alvarez. And what ended up happening, Canelo had a, a terrible performance. He ended up missing um, over 100-plus strikes um, towards the head of Mayweather, which allowed... Um, Canelo's to get tired, and his you know his accuracy was terrible. What happened in the Adesanya fight? Strickland ended up pressuring forward. Um, Adesanya, who was very calculated, you know, missed a whole bunch of uh, punches and kicks. He said he couldn't find his jab. Um, Strickland was able to pressure him, making sure that he was backing down, um, going on the back foot. And if anybody knows how how hard it is to backpedal for that far, it is immensely tough. And that's why you saw that Strickland didn't break a sweat, and Adesanya looked like he douse himself with, with baby oil and i believe on the graphic i think i had shown that adesanya had missed um i only landed i think it was like 11 of his um head strikes and i felt like that was something that maybe um nixick had probably worked in with with strickland you know just be more of a pressure fighter make make sure adesanya feels uncomfortable he couldn't utilize his kicks you know the only time he's able to utilize his kicks is when he was able to stand stagnant but Overall, excellent game plan by Strickland. I really do think that this was, you know, like top-tier stuff that, you know, Nixick ended up doing. Um, I feel like he is in the Mount Rushmore. I still favor Javier Mendez just because of what he's able to do with his pedigree, with Cormier, Kane, you know, Islam Khabib, Luke Rockhold. I still favor Mendez, you know, as the, the top um, coach, in my opinion. But that's, you know, that's for up for debate. But as for... Strickland, I want to say, you know, don't count down Whitaker. I can see the USC, you know, saying like a big F you to uh, DDP for declining the fight. And I felt like he was one of the biggest losers. I think Adesanya, I think he shouldn't come back until USC 300, make his debut, his return, you know, for that date. I think that would be a banger, you know, put him in with, you know, whether if Strickland's holding the belt or whatnot. And I kind of saw some rumblings of Conor McGregor saying that he wants to fight at 185. I mean, because I think he feels like it's a favorable matchup for him to fight Sean Strickland. I know that people are going to huff and puff about that type of stuff. But, you know, it's just one of those things where I feel like, you know what? Um, Strickland has, you know, a whole caveat of different fighters at his disposal who want to fight him now. Uh, that's all I got to say. No, Connor's not fighting Sean Strickland at 185. Let's stop this. Stop it. Stop it. He's got to fight Chandler. He's done one step. No. No, 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 no. No. God, no. Absolutely not. Not in a million years. Should Izzy fight at UFC 300? No. No. He shouldn't fight at UFC 300. He should fight at, like, International Fight Week at the earliest. He needs to take a breather. He needs to leave. And he needs his team to tell him, dude, 
relax. You can still headline International Fight Week, and it's a big deal. We don't, they don't need them for 300. They don't. They do not. So, no. And, yes, it does create a lot of opportunity at 185. There's, Whitaker's in play. He's not going to get a title shot. He's going to have to win a fight. But he's – I mean, he was dead in the – like, after the DDP loss, he was dead in the water. He was dead in the water. And now Sean Strickland has brought life back to, to Robert Whitaker's title hopes. It's insane. This whole thing is incredible. It's incredible. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Let's bring in King Cat. King Cat, are you there? Good, how are you? I'm doing good. Um, I'm changing subjects here. Uh, I want to know what your thoughts are on... Um, the, this weekend's fight between Valentina and Alexa Grasso. Um, I watched an interview that James Lynch did with Valentina, and she seemed really focused. Um, the, like, right after the fight, she was kind of dismissing Alexa a little bit, but she seems a lot more focused now on James was asking her about, you know, what's next after this? And she's like, I don't know. I just want to focus on this fight. So who do you have in that fight? And then completely off topic, but I was just looking at her Instagram, um, and she hasn't really posted anything, but do you know when uh, Jerrain Durandamy is coming back? Thanks, Mike. Uh, GDR, from what I understand, uh, looking at like the end of the year, maybe November, December for GDR. So that that's possible. Uh, it seems like that's what she wants. Let me see. This this uh, Grasso Shevchenko fight is really interesting because Alexa answered like a ton of questions in that first fight about being able to match Valentina's physicality. Oh man, like I have to lead. Like I'm I'm just looking at it from a betting perspective. Like here's here's how I'm viewing this. Okay, Grasso's the plus one forty dog. I'm going like the magical money wizard has dropped a twenty dollar bill, and the only thing I could do with this is bet on this fight. I'm betting on Alexa Grasso, hundred percent. Getting the value, getting the fact that she already finished Valentina, getting the fact that she was able to. I mean, you, and she might have been losing the fight before that happened. I don't know. It's close, but I don't know. Sometimes a fighter just has your number, and maybe Alexa has it. But this is a super interesting fight. It's a really interesting fight, and it's kind of getting lost in the shuffle with all of the Sean Strickland stuff. We get a title fight for free on Saturday. Probably get like a, a, a top to bottom, like better card on Saturday for free than we had on Saturday. Because Saturday, like if you really want to look at it, it was a one fight card, and most people felt like Izzy was just going to walk out, walk through Sean Strickland, and it was just going to either be is he killing him in two rounds or is he doing the cannon air thing and just outpointing him for 25 minutes? But Sean Strickland's like, Nope, 
I don't listen to any of that shit. And it was great. So, but yeah, I'm really interested in this fight. Really interested, really interested to see if Shevchenko can bounce back. And really interested to see where this division goes. Because, I mean, a lot of it's going to depend on this fight. It's, it's a lot that's going to depend on this fight. If Grasso wins, I think Aaron Blanchfield's going to get the title shot. And if Shevchenko wins, I think they're going to do it again. And I think they'll do Blanchfield versus Fioro, And we'll go from there. But golly, man, this is, a, this is a big fight. I'm looking forward to it. But it's one of those things we're going to have to wait till like Friday to get super excited because we're going to be talking about Sean Strickland like through Thursday at this point because of how incredible this moment was and how un- out of nowhere this moment was. Henderson, go ahead, my man. Hey, Mike. Uh, great show so far. And, I mean, what a crazy weekend of fights. I, I feel, I just like you, I felt the vibes. When uh, that Australian dude, Jenkins or whatever, when his, he got out by injury, I was like, oh, things are starting to go weird now. And then uh, once, uh, once there was all the homophobic slurs flying and things were looking bleak, I knew it was the night of the Sean and uh, he really came back from, honestly, he looked super nervous all the way into this fight, but also, like you said, he had nothing to lose. And there's a video that's come out of him training with Alex uh, Pereira. And one thing that it seems like they were working on is that Sean like is so good about parrying strikes, blocking any strikes to the head. And I was going to talk about that a little bit more too, but it seems like Alex was just telling him when you counterpunch, don't be trying to block and counterpunch at the same time. You know, don't be trying to dodge Izzy strikes when you're also trying to throw a counter. And that, that seems to be just what he did in that first round was that Izzy really felt like, Oh, he, he threw a jab. He'll probably try and block this kick or something, block this punch. No, he was, he was trying to throw straight and he got him right off, right off the start. And then, like you said, I think Izzy has kind of lost some of his fire. And when things started to go wrong, it maybe became more about, I don't want to get knocked out, you know? So he, he didn't get knocked out. And I mean, he'll find a way to come back from this. Maybe he should just take the time and move up and wait and uh, use this time as like a break and also time to gain some weight. But one of the thing I want to mention is that, I think someone who's not getting the credit that they deserve is the soldier of God himself, Yoel Romero, because when he fought Izzy, he really proved if you make Izzy lead the dance, it doesn't look as good as when Izzy can counter. And Yoel was blocking the strikes. He was parrying the strikes, but Yoel didn't have that element of marching forward. At least in that fight, he definitely didn't. And that allowed Izzy to squeak out that weirdo decision. But Sean, if you keep advancing and blocking, eventually you're going to hit the cage. And that really worked out for him. So just wanted to give those points and see if you saw any Yoel Romero in the Sean victory there. It's so funny that like you mentioned that because even on the preview show, like I was laying out all these different scenarios that could happen. And by the end of it, by the end of the preview show on Friday, I was like, I'm starting to talk myself into this. Like not that I was picking Sean, but that I was like, you know what? I'm actually starting to prepare myself for this world. And if you watch the watch party on Saturday, as the night progressed, the vibes, the vibes are getting up there. And I was starting to feel it. I was starting to feel it. 
was like, oh, man, like, it just feels like something weird's going to happen. Even throughout, like, I'm starting to feel like Sean's going to go out in 49-46, is he? Like, it's just that kind of a weird vibe. And I had no insight. I had no technical breakdown. And you, you know me well enough to know I'm not going to be like, I told you so. Because it was a complete vibes thing. It was just what I was feeling at the time as the night progressed. Not as much as Sean O'Malley, because I said that a bunch too. Like, the Sean O'Malley thing, like, being in Boston – during fight week before I headed out to New York on fight night, it just felt that it was in the air that Sean O'Malley is going to be undeniable. It just felt that way all week long from the press conference to media day to the weigh-ins official and ceremonial. Like it just felt like on that night, Sean O'Malley was not going to lose. I didn't have that same powerful feeling with this one, but this is more like, oof, it feels weird. It feels like something very weird is going to happen. Like, chaos is going to ensue. And it did. And we are in a, a very much – we're in a much better place. We're in a much better place for it. I love when this stuff happens because you don't get it anywhere else. Football, it just – it can be hard. Like, look at Aaron Rodgers. He just got reported Aaron Rodgers out for the year. In MMA, it's just the guy that no one thought could win could just go in there and win and do it in such dominant fashion. And that's why this is the, just the best sport in the world. It's the best sport in the world. It's incredible. This is just all incredible. Uh, Daniel, go ahead. Hey, Mike. Heck of a morning to you. Um, absolutely crazy weekend. Uh, just still can't believe it. I mean, I'm just going to keep it short here. Uh, over, under, one and a half title defenses for Sean Strickland. Thanks, Mike. Oh, man. You're going to make me do this? Oh, man. I, like, I don't know if I could – I'll say under, but, like, who, I don't know. Like, we don't know. Like, we just, I just don't know. Maybe he turned the corner. Like, maybe he has, like, officially turned the corner. and Maybe he will be – maybe he will defend the title, like, eight times in a row. You just don't know. But if I have to go on my gut right now – it kind of just depends on who he fights. Now, if he fights Izzy again, I think he wins again. I think he wins again. I would pick him to win again. But if Izzy won, like, I wouldn't be shocked by it. If he fights DDP, I don't know if I have the same confidence. If he fights Costa, that's interesting. If he fights Shamayev, if Shamayev just runs Paulo Costa and just slams him and taps him in a round, then, I mean, I would pick Shemayev against anybody. I'll say under. Because worst case, he's going to get the Izzy fight, and I think he can win that one. And I think, honestly, these other fights are, kind of, are really tough for him. But doesn't mean he can't win. I'm done just completely doubting the man. But you can say the same thing about Sean O'Malley right now if you really break it down. And Sean and Strickland's just – Strickland's on the same place as O'Malley right now. Like, O'Malley can really control what happens next. He can say, oh, I'm going to fight Cheeto Vera next. And even though Marab is right there, and even though Corey Sanhagen has a case for a title shot, even though Aljamain Sterling has a case for a rematch, Sean O'Malley is a big enough star to be like, no, I'm just going to fight Cheeto. It's the biggest fight you can make. And Sean's just going to be like, I don't care who you tell me to fight. I'm just going to fight him. So different paths for both guys. But I'll say under, but I am not confident in that after seeing this performance. Uh, we're trying to get preserved in here. 
Hey, I just wanted to put Get in the wheel of doom going. Hey, what's, good on, what's going on, guys? Can you guys hear me? Hello. The wheel of doom continues to spin. Berserk, do we have you? Hello, hello, hello. Hello. All right. Hello. Yeah, I just wanted to put in a couple of words and uh about the Izzy fight. Um, I feel like Sean. He actually, you know. Trained real hard for that fight. <clears throat> I heard he was actually training with um Alex Pereira for that fight and uh uh Jalen Turner and um he was actually yeah I feel like Sean actually controlled the fight like any any anybody he fights he turns it into like a sparring match and I feel like he had Izzy against you know like his his like back foot like throughout the whole fight and uh. To be honest, um, I really didn't expect Izzy to, like, lose, but I thought um, Sean, well, I, I thought he would at least, like, knock out Sean. But just like you said, I was feeling, like, a weird little feeling throughout the whole fight. I, I feel like if you like, an MMA fan, you know when you feel that weird, weird little feeling. And, you know, and something, like, is like that, like that thought telling you, like, take um, the underbet, but you just don't do it or whatever. But, um... Regardless, yeah, I feel like I ain't taking nothing from Sean, but I I really feel like he he's gonna have a like a good run, and yeah, if you really look at his fights throughout his whole career, he actually been putting in a lot of good work. So even with Alex Pereira, yeah, he he got caught weird if you really watch that fight. So like I feel like I, um Sean Strickland is gonna have a a long run, yeah. He could. He could. It's very possible. And see, this is one of those interesting times because even on the preview shows, and can you imagine if Sean Strickland goes out there and has like a Cody Garbrandt comic cruise performance where he just because like I think I I think like some people saw a world where Sean could just come out and the big shot. Like we saw the first round, but just a lot of people saw him just going up and dominating his over 25 minutes. I just don't think that was the case. And even with the Garbrandt cruise fight, like if Garbrandt was going to become the a lot of people felt like with the run Cody Garbrandt was on at the time, he was just going to knock him out. He was like styling on Dominic Cruz. He was making his miss. He was dancing around the cage. He, it was like an incredible performance. One of the best challenge performances, kind of like this one, but in different ways. Strickland's is more of a workman-like performance, which you got to respect the hell out of it. But now what? That's the big question because we saw what happened with Cody. Cody hasn't been the same since. Got knocked out by T.J. Dillard twice. Lost to Rob Fawn. Knocked out by Pedro Munoz. Like, just kept getting knocked out. Knocked out by Kai Gar France. Wins a not-so-memorable decision against Trevin Jones. And he just hasn't been the same guy after having that performance. It's kind of to explain how high everybody was on Cody Garbrandt at the time after that win. And now we'll see. Sean goes up there, fights DDP, does the same thing in DDP, then it, it this isn't just like chaos. This is the man who turned the corner. So maybe he does go on a long run. Maybe, maybe that's what happens. Sean Strickland would be the second greatest middleweight of all time. And some mentioned something earlier about, you know, 
what if it comes back and like wins three in a row? Can he? No, that conversation is over. The conversation is over. Anderson Silva is the greatest middleweight of all time. The fact that we're doing this, and Sean Alshon said it just absolutely beautifully on the post show. We have to stop jumping on this. Well, if he wins, is he the greatest of all time? One that's disrespectful to the guys in the generation before that. And two, you're putting just so much unnecessary pressure on the fighter trying to cement their legacies themselves. We did it with Kamar Usman. We did it with Israel Adesanya. And, and like I've said on the show a million times, both those guys were nowhere near being the, being the GOATs. They needed like five more wins each. Like, Usman was way too soon. Way too soon. Is he? Yeah, you can say he's the second best right now. That's fine. You can make that case, and it's fine. But he was still so far away from, from, from Anderson. Anderson won 10 in a row before the Chris Weidman fights. 10 title defenses in a row. You know how hard that is? You know how difficult that is? I don't know if we're ever going to see that again in this sport. Someone winning a belt and defending it 10 times in a row? I don't know if we're going to see it. We have to stop this, ladies and gentlemen. We have to stop this. This, oh, they defended the title three times in a row. Oh, are they the GOAT? No. No, it's too soon. There's no need to put that extra pressure on. Now, if they get to eight, different conversation. They get to nine in a row, yeah, we could start talking about it. Remember when DJ went on that run? We weren't even talking about DJ being in that conversation till he got to the record. And now it's just like you win three, you defend the title three times in a row, and oh, we, it's a time to start talking about that he's the greatest of all time in this division. We got to pump the brakes on that stuff. We got to pump the brakes on that stuff. Let's go to Joe. Joe, hello. Hey, what's up, Mike? Um. That was – I had a really, really good time Saturday. Uh, the whole main card was awesome. Um, but <laughs> – I know it sounds funny as hell, but what what I will say is uh, – and I'm not to take, not trying to take anything away from Sean. Um, I've, I've actually been defending him a lot on uh, social media, saying he did what he had to do to get that dub. But did you feel like leading into the fight and the press conferences and all that stuff that we didn't see the same – um, persona that Izzy always portrays in the in the like pressers and in the lead up to the fight. I just felt that I don't know there was something different about him. And then in the interview before, you know, how, like when we see people that have like really bad weight cuts, they look really drained. Um, I, I, didn't, I don't think I saw that with Izzy, but he had that facial expression that people normally have. Um, I think it was when he had an interview with the Megan Olivia or or someone else. I couldn't remember, but. I don't know. I just want to get your thoughts on that, man. And uh, have a great day. I actually thought Sean looked worse than Izzy. I thought he looked a lot worse. You saw the videos like coming out when he was doing the uh, the weigh-in show. He looked rough, like real rough. So I don't know, man. Like maybe it's just maybe it's the how Sean was acting. You know, maybe I don't know. Like, Sean isn't going to fall for any of it. 
there's no mental warfare for against Sean Strickland. Like, there's nothing you're gonna say that's gonna rattle him. There's nothing you're gonna say that's gonna shut him up. Nothing's gonna change who Sean is and Sean's focus and stuff. And a lot of people are saying like, "Oh, Sean looks so nervous coming out." And maybe maybe you can attribute some of that to nerves, but that was a look on Sean's face that we never really see. Like when he walked out to fight Abus Magomedov, that look of focus was not on his face. He was just like, yes, I get to go do what I love most, and that's punch people in the face. When he walked out to fight Nasruddin, same thing. Just, okay, I'm going to go in the cage and fight people because that's what I like to do. This was a different look. This was a, all right, the nerves are there, but if you talk to anyone who plays sports, like, and even whatever job you do, even when I do this show, like there are nerves before I go on a post-fight show or do the watch party. Like the nerves are there. It's not like the first one. First one was a whole different feeling. But like now, like the nerves are still there. And when you lose those nerves, that's when like you feel things are wrong. And Sean just like had that look on his face where he's like, I ain't rattled by this moment at all. And oftentimes Izzy will fight guys that are rattled by the moment. I think he kind of saw it with Jared Cannonier. Like, he didn't want to be doing any of that shit. He didn't want to be doing the, the press conference and media days and stuff. He just wanted to get to the fight. And there's more to just being a UFC fighter in a headline spot than just fighting. You got to go and do all the interviews. And you got to get asked the same questions over and over again. And that could be draining. And Sean was just like, I don't give a shit. Like, that's the job. I'm just going to do the job. So... No, I didn't really think Izzy was off. I think when you really noticed it is after he got knocked down and he just wasn't the same. So, I don't know. Maybe Izzy will come out and do something on his YouTube channel and explain himself what happened. I was really much intrigued by him showing up to the post-fight press conference to hear what he had to say. And I actually don't blame him for just going in, saying a quick thing, and then turning over, turning it over to Eugene. I think that was pretty smart. Izzy's just got to kind of choose his words carefully. and you, I don't think Izzy wants to take anything away from Sean. And anything he says is going to sound like an excuse. And I, I think Izzy's just trying to avoid that, which, is, which I think is pretty smart. All right, Dylan, you're you're gonna take us home, my man. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, I was just wondering if a new mythical creature was born uh, Saturday night, and that's a uh, girlfriend, Sean Strickland. That's all. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> ah, whole, kind of wholesome, Sean Strickland. Yeah, that was kind of cool, right? Seeing him like holding hands with his girlfriend and walking through Sydney and checking out the sights. That was kind of fun. Different side of Sean. Maybe we could get wifed up Sean Strickland versus no surgery DDP next mythical creature versus mythical creature. The things we find in the sport, absolutely incredible. All right, everybody. Well, uh, I think we have talked uh, uh, not enough about this because it's never, we're never going to stop talking about this. This is one of those moments that's going to live on forever. Um, we got MMA Hour tomorrow. BTL is going to be super fun on Thursday reacting to all this. 
and then uh, we get ready for Noche UFC. So keep it locked, MAFighting.com, and we'll continue talking about Sean Strickland being the freaking middleweight champion of the world. So thank you all very much. Back on Thursday here at 10 a.m. Eastern, we'll do it again. Hopefully no power outages. But until then, everybody, enjoy the rest of your day, and as always, have a heck of a morning. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.